Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome in to the Mass and All Access podcast from the Mass and Web Studio. Bobby Blanco, Amy Jennings coming at you live on the Mass and Nationals Facebook page and YouTube channel. Hopefully you're tuning in, making us a part of your Tuesday afternoon. And if not, finding us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether that be Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, etc. Hope subscribe, leave comments. Uh, we love to hear your feedback from the show. Amy? It's been a good week, actually, for the for those. Nat- it's been it a has. fast week because yeah, two off days last week. Quick series. It was a weird five game American League road trip for the Nationals. Now you got three games against the Pirates coming up. Another off day on Thursday. We are nearing the midway point of the season. The actual midway point. The game on Fourth of July on Monday is, is the, the f- official start of the second half of the season. That's funny. I was just thinking about that on my way here. I was wondering what day was the actual middle of the season so that's good to know bobby but sunday's game 81 it is flying by like this season's going surprisingly quick yeah or maybe it's just me you agree no no i 100 percent agree that's why i brought it up i was like i cannot I, same thing i was like i cannot believe we're almost at the exact halfway point of the season which will actually be fourth of july funny enough um everyone considers like the all-star break the actual i'm oh, not the actual but the, the midway point but it once the all-star break that. comes yeah, yeah it's like it's like i mean uh, June, what's June 28th right now? June has gone by so fast. I, I think July's gonna go by even faster because mm-hmm. we have a holiday weekend, um, and then a couple weeks after that, I, I go on a road trip after the weekend after the fourth to cover the team in Atlanta. Then oh, it's okay. draft. The Nationals have the number five overall pick. Well, of course, we'll have full coverage of that on draft night on uh, on that Sunday night. Um, All star break. Talk about David Martinez being named to the. Uh, um, coaching staff in just a little bit then end of july back for start of the second half of the season but then trade deadline nats expected to be very active during that time probably another sell-off once again for second year in a row then it's august and then from there that's just you know the back half of the season you're kind of just smooth sailing to the off season which is kind of crazy to think about you only got two more months of baseball after all that so i think july is oh. gonna go just as fast as june yeah and then before you know it, we're gonna be in the dog days of august for it's for such a long season it always goes by quick. Yeah. It always goes by quick. And then I feel like the off season feels like forever. Right. Well, I also think that, we, you know, obviously we're super busy during the season. So then it's like a letdown. It kind of, well, yeah. It feels weird. But it's like, it's, the off season feels like it takes on forever because we're not as busy. But then you're like, oh my gosh, pitchers and catchers report. But, you know, we've got, Fair, you're yeah. doing a great job on Mass and All Access, covering all the teams, series previews, um, different uh, videos. Tim Leonard has helped out. A lot who's also producing the show so shout out to tim um me and mark covering the team and this is probably the well this is definitely the most you've traveled right during a regular season oh yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah i never used to i mean because it wasn't me it wasn't i wasn't you were writing I'm, and, right yeah. i wasn't covering along with mark we had we had we had byron kerr on the on the on the squad covering the team so now that i filled that role it's way more traveling making a trip a month that helps it go by faster mm-hmm. for sure yeah it's just nuts it's just crazy i mean we always say like it's a full season. We no time to panic. Oh wait, it's July already. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's crazy, it's but exciting. it's even more exciting when the Nationals are winning. Yeah. And this has been a really exciting week. Yeah, they've won. Uh, you know, we talked about. It's kind of crazy. We talked about. Was it two weeks ago? How they were in like this 
terrible losing streak at home mm-hmm. leading up to Ryan Zimmerman weekend. And then now they've won, I think it's like six of their past nine or so, I think it was, after last night's win. Mm-hmm. Great win. Late heroics by Michael Franco in the eighth inning. We'll talk about him just a little bit as well. But, um, yeah, and no, it, it's it's way more fun when the Nationals are winning. We know the situation this year and uh, the expectations for them this year aren't as high as they've been in the past. But still, you know, like Davey Martinez says, every, you want to go 1-0 every day. Mm-hmm. You want to see them win, and they've been able to pull together a couple of nice wins. Split the Beltway Series in Baltimore last week. They won two out of three. Had a chance to sweep the Rangers, actually, over the weekend in Texas and then win game one against the Pirates Monday night. Two more against Pittsburgh before Miami comes into town for four games over the holiday weekend. Yeah, it's exciting. It is exciting. Exciting baseball. Yeah. So I we like want to – it is, yeah. And we'll, we're going to talk a lot about what has been the difference this past week than we saw the previous weeks mm-hmm. for this Nationals club. A lot of guys having better at-bats, playing better offensively, but definitely starting pitching as well. Uh, a couple of housekeeping notes. I did want to mention, though, Amy, because – I saw a comment last week, and I didn't bring it up because it was oh, kind of no. late in the show. You know, we want everyone, we love hearing back from you guys, the, our viewers and our listeners, um, in the comments section on Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud. There was a comment last week. You're that about I, to hurt my feelings. No, feel no. Oh, my feelings comment. were, our feelings oh, were, our feelings should be hurt. Both of us. Um, that some, and, and I don't remember the name, and I even if I did, I wouldn't call out this person because that, that's, not who, that's not my style. But they said... On the comments, don't buy because you know we 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 want everyone to comment along, add to the conversation. This is yeah. a place for once a week. Nationals fans can hopefully gather for forty-five minutes to an hour and just talk about the baseball. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This, what we do is for you guys, and you know we love reading the comments and questions that you guys have. Uh, but someone said, "Don't bother commenting." They never uh, bring up any of our comments or questions, and I thought that was unfair. I think we do a pretty mm-hmm. good job at involving our viewers and listeners yeah, into the like, conversation yeah well, and maybe we can shot. do a better a better job well, monitoring but oftentimes i feel like they're just comments yeah. or you know what i mean that you can't really that are already part of what we're talking about yeah maybe? well I, we're not going to get to every single comment right, right. you know a and lot of the comments of are like are a little bit gloom and doom yeah which, <laughs> which is fair fair enough yeah what's your opinion no fr- no yeah. problem but, you know, we, we try to keep a mantle of positivity here while also being fair, understanding. But, like, also, it's like we're not, we can't read every single comment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people are going to be like, I love Juan Soto. Great. So do we. But we're talking about Eric Fetty's curveball right now. Right. So that's not really part of the conversation. <laughs> so I thought yeah. that was an unfair jab at us. Um, and I just wanted to address that because yeah. I do think that we try. Look, so for the keep most, commenting. Okay, please, please keep commenting. Don't take that. We, we will try to get to as much as possible. You know, we have a handful of viewers that tune in every single week and comment along. Mm-hmm. We try to include them. This was a guy that I did not recognize. So that's another reason why I didn't really bring it up last week because I was like, I don't even know who this person is. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you do a great job monitoring Facebook. I, I, I keep an eye on YouTube and, and go back and forth. So I thought that was an unfair jab at us. Yeah. But maybe it's kind of like one of those like midseason wake up calls. All right, you know what? Let's, Let's focus more on the comments. Yeah. Not focus more on the comments, but like try to keep, be more Address mindful them of them. Address them more. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So we'll try to do a better job of that. Keep commenting. We, ap- we appreciate yeah. criticism, constructive criticism. For sure. But that yeah. felt like an unnecessary and unfair yeah. attack yeah. on uh, your friendly neighborhood hosts up here. Yeah, on come the on, guys. Um, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, we do want to talk about what the Nationals have done better as of late to this past week. Um, but there are some housekeeping notes I wanted to get to real quick. Um, some just news over the weekend. Before I forget, this, I mean, this isn't 
I don't want to spend too much time on this because maybe I had a thought that maybe in a couple of weeks or so, maybe after the draft, we can do kind of a, a mid-season minor league report mm-hmm. on the pod. But Cole Henry hits the injured list at uh, AAA Rochester. Brady House hits the injured list at uh, single-A Fredericksburg after having not played since June 11th, which is ominous. This is the second time he's landed on the injured list for an unspecified reason, too. Don't want to speculate what's going on there, but that's just it's, it's newsworthy mm-hmm. that when the number one prospect isn't playing and no one has said why. Right. Um, we know with Cole Henry. Oh, actually, I think it's Mike, Mike Rizzo did say it was kind of a fatigue in shoulder issue with, with Brady with, House. With House, okay. Um, and then with Cole Henry, too, they, they're trying to give their pitchers some rest, some extra rest. Uh, Kate Cavalli had his next star push back to tomorrow night, Wednesday night at Rochester. So... Those are some minor league news and notes uh, from the past couple of weeks. And then also at Rochester, uh, Davey Martinez announced yesterday, Anibal Sanchez is mm-hmm. going to be making his first rehab start tonight with the Red Wings. Josh Rogers will go later on in the week. Good to see Anibal take a mound at a high level of the minor leagues and try to get four pitches. Oh, sorry, sorry, four innings, about 60 pitches. Yeah, exactly. Four innings, about 60 pitches. Davey Martinez did say that they're stretching out both Annie Ball and Josh Rogers out as starters. And then once they hit the big league roster, they'll kind of, you know, take it from there uh, and see where they fit into either the rotation or the bullpen. But it's good news because the more arms, the merrier. And yeah. to see Annie Ball, you know, fight through this and, you know, it's it's never over for Andy Ball, you know, s- still continuing to work. And hopefully these guys will be ready here pretty soon, it seems like. 38, 39 years old for Andy Ball at this point. I mean, he's just still trying to make it. And uh, I, the neck nerve impingement that he had on the flight home from West Palm Beach as the team was getting ready for opening day has kept him down. Um, he has thrown some bullpens. He's now going to be making a rehab start, which is a good sign. But, yeah, you mentioned – They'll figure out what is going to happen with these guys once they are ready to come back. Uh, Roger Rogers is a left shoulder impingement, so mm-hmm. the Nationals' nerves are just getting tested this year. <laughs> um, but, you know, Anibal, of course, has been a starter his entire career. He he, he is a starter. Davey Martinez said so right. yesterday. You know, when he get back, we'll use him as a starter. Rogers can go back and forth. He, he has been very vocal about, I'll do whatever you want me to do, Davey, uh, which is a good thing to help. But, you know, in a, in a little bit, we're going to talk about this rotation has been really good over the past 10 days. Surprise. A little over a week. Yeah. So even if they keep it up, even if and when Anibal and Josh Rogers come back and they're ready to pitch at the major league level, you, there might not be space for them because these guys right now are pitching pretty well. And then you also have a guy like Evan Lee who was pitching really well before mm-hmm. he got hurt. He should be hopefully coming back um, in not too, not too distant future. So good problem to have, right? You know, too much pitching. You never have too much pitching, according to Mike Rizzo. So, but that's a bridge to cross uh, down the line. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we're so up and down with this rotation this year. I mean, at one point we were talking about how we really have six arms that could be options right. to be in this rotation. And then Steven Strasburg came back, obviously ended up back on the IL. And then we're like, oh, shoot, who's going to start on Thursday, you know? Um, and now we're back in the position where we've had a solid week or really almost 10 games where you've gotten almost all really solid starts out of these guys. So. That's good. We'll break that down just a little bit. One more news note, the course that came down yesterday. Davey Martinez named to Brian Snickers All-Star staff for the All-Star game in Los Angeles in a couple of weeks. Uh, this, of course, you know, Davey was not given the opportunity to manage the All-Star game in 2020 mm-hmm. after the Nationals won the World Series, as is tradition. Um, but 
him and Brian go way back, he said, and then so it was nice to have that honor. And Davey, as selfless as ever, said, you know, it's nice, I'm honored, but I wish I would still have the opportunity to manage the All-Star game so my coaches could also go through that and so yeah. that the Nationals fans could kind of enjoy that moment with us. Um, but Davey said he's excited to go and, and he's honored to be a part of that. Yeah, it's it was a classy move to invite him to be on, a part of that coaching staff after he didn't get to do it after they won the World Series. And yeah, I, let, I mean, that was just kind of like Davey Martinez when he said that, you know. I'm honored to be doing it, but you know, I wish all of my coaches who haven't had the opportunity to do it would too. But good news for Davey Martinez and just gives you another reason to watch and be involved in the All-Star game. In the next couple of weeks, maybe we'll talk about which nationals will be worthy of an All-Star mm-hmm. no- nomination. Um, you know, Coming quick. Right. I mean, it's not like years past where you've not who, how many what the Nationals are going to get in. And Yoshima obviously gets at least one representation, representative mm-hmm. in the All-Star game. Um, Juan Soto is a, obviously a big-name superstar that you know most fans are going to want to see in the All-Star game. But you can make the argument that Josh Bell is oh. having a better season. Um, but even though he's not even in the top 10 in I first know. baseman in the National League in terms of votes. And he's so hot right now. He's I mean, so that hot. might help, but... Yeah. I, I mean, I wonder, like, how much – I mean, I know these players all know each other. They keep tabs on each other. But I wonder how much, like, the actual winning of the team plays Has a role. To do with it. Right, because like, maybe someone says, oh, the Nationals aren't winning. Like, and they, we talk about – They can't be yeah, that Yeah, that's part of the conversation. And every – you know, anything. Like, MVP. MVP yeah. yeah. Cy <laughs> MVP Young. votes. Cy Young. All-star voting. It's like you kind of forget about the really good players on not-so-good teams. Right. So hopefully Josh Bell gets his way in there. Maybe Soto even – Davey said he would even like to see Soto do the home run derby again because we know how much he <laughs> loved that experience last year and then turned his season around. Exactly. He had such a great second half. So we'll have a lot more all-star conversations maybe in the next couple of weeks leading up to the unofficial midway point of the season. But let's get into these past couple of weeks, Amy. Let's start with the starting rotation because like we said a couple of times to start off the show, they've been really good. I mean, you mentioned a little bit like a couple of weeks ago there was – we talk, I feel like you know this was it was like week after week after week where we were like, okay, now they have an influx of starting pitching, which is a good thing. Strasburg is back. They've got six guys. Mm-hmm. You got Rogers in the bullpen. Evan Lee came up and looked good. You got guys that can make starts, and then that terrible homestand happened, and you're like, well, now they only have like three guys who can make starts. Right. Who's going to fill these spots in the rotation? And then flash forward another ten days, and here we got Jackson Tatro, Josiah Gray. Paulo Espino finally getting his time in the spotlight and making starts. Um, and Eric Fetty pitching all really solid ball. Patrick Corbin, we know the situation and the storylines is there. Ups and downs. But it was mainly those first four guys over this past weekend and the past week, or, or, uh, weekend, week plus that have pitched really well for the Nationals and have kept them in the games. Right. And, I mean, as far if we start with Jackson Tedro, I mean, he – when they needed that a starter, I don't know, now at this point, maybe three weeks ago when they originally called up Evan Lee, Jackson Tatro was another option. He was right. on the right schedule at that time at AAA. A lot of people thought he would be the guy to get the call to make that start. Obviously, Evan Lee did. And then just a week later or a week and a half later, they ended up needing Jackson Tatro. And he got, you know, hit around his first outing. But he's completely turned it around since then he threw 13 straight scoreless in his last two outings one of those runs in the seventh inning ended up being charged to him but you have to like what you're seeing and for a younger guy he's so calm and composed uh when you hear him speak and both when you see him on the mound and you see him and uh, 
yesterday actually was my first time seeing him interact with his teammates in the clubhouse and he's a young guy you know uh, 26 years old but obviously making his major league debut but he's still just like seemed like a really nice friendly Mm -hmm. guy around the clubhouse and you can see he's already getting comfortable and we talked about this after his major league debut you know there's a lot of pressure going to that it was a spot start essentially not a lot of time to prep for major league hitters you get a full week uh your spot in the rotation comes back up you're working with major league coaches you're working with the coaching and the catching staff and you throw a lot better another team that hasn't seen you right and then you do it again in texas so uh yeah you mentioned the numbers the seven three runs against the phillies but none were earned and then just the one against uh against the rangers on sunday um and nationals have now won two of his three starts i mean that's pretty impressive especially when you have a guy like not to put a throw him under the bus, but like Patrick Corbin, who the Nationals seem to like struggle to win his games. It's not only that he does not pitching well, but he seems like not entirely always giving them a chance to win. Um, and then you see a guy like Jackson Tatro coming up and, and making the most of his opportunity. And it, it, we talk about this a lot with prospects coming up and like on the offensive side, look, look at Luis Garcia, but like you have to give, you have to earn your spot and you have to give the Nationals no reason to send you back down. Right. And yeah, and I like what you said, you know, about Patrick Corbin, that he's not necessarily giving them an opportunity to win his starts. And that's what you're getting out of Eric Fetty and Jackson Tatro and really even Paulo Espino. I mean, over the weekend, the Nationals, their starters didn't allow more than two earned runs. So if you're going out there, you're throwing, I think Espino ended up throwing five and a third, but, you know, Fetty and and Tatro both going six innings. I mean, and only allowing a run or two, you're setting your team up to have a really good chance of winning these games. And what the other thing, uh, his um, debut aside, that Jackson Tatro is doing, that, again, not comparing him directly to Patrick Corbin, but what he, he's done the past two starts is get deep in the games. Mm-hmm. Seven and six innings. And that's what Dave Martinez, that one week where they were struggling with the starting pitcher, which like was three, like imploring, four innings, like, please, yeah. I just need, like, I, I need length, because this bullpen is beat up, we're getting nothing from our, we don't have enough starters right now, this is going to be a tough week, we need as much length as possible, and you get a guy like Patrick Corbin, who has consistently provided only like four or five innings, and right. like that is just not enough at the major league level, especially during that time when guys like Carl Edwards Jr., Kyle Finnegan, Tanner Rainey were being overused a little bit that right. week. And now they're finally getting a time, enough breaks. Off days, of course, helped last week. But it's just like that domino effect that we talk about all the time where you get a good starting pitching outing. It doesn't even have to be like good all-star Max Scherzer-level stuff. Give me six, seven innings. A quality start is really all we're, lo- all we're right. looking for right here. And Tatro's been able to do that. Fetty's been able to do that a lot more as late. Josiah Gray has been great at doing that so far this season um, from start to finish. Um, so that is the kind of outings that the Nationals are looking for, and they're getting right now this week, which is going to be helping them further down the line. Right, exactly. And the ripple effect of that is that you're you're giving Davey Martinez an opportunity every night to manage his bullpen the way that he wants to. He has his top arms available on, you know, I don't think he necessarily wanted to throw those top guys back-to-back days over the weekend and have to use Tanner Rainey again last night um, or on Sunday um, when they almost blew it in the ninth. I was a little bit worried. But, you know, having to use those guys means that you're right in games and they're, they're competitive games. And that's what you like to see because there for a while, like two weeks ago, 
these games weren't some of those losses weren't even close right and yeah. since that billy series that billy series all those games were competitive games exciting baseball and ever since then it's kind of been the same of let's, let's move on to eric fetty last night's starter um completed five innings only gave up two earned runs um he's been pitching well of late i mean it's like the the numbers on the whole don't jump out of the page a 440 era um through 15 starts but what i think you have to appreciate and davy martinez gave eric fetty props last night for this was of his 15 starts 10 of them he's completed at least five innings and pitched into the sixth inning mm-hmm. that is that is the kind of length we're looking for we're talking about quality start ish you know you can get a good amount uh, uh you a good handful of innings from eric fetty the i would say maybe the only I don't want to say call it a problem, but like if I, if you're nitpicking Eric Fetty, is that pitch count gets so high for him, way too many times. Mm-hmm. You feel like he could go deeper. He just gets himself into if trouble. he get he gets ahead in counts and then he runs them full, and then he walks a lot of guys. Davey Martinez said before Tuesday, you know I, I want him to you know when he gets ahead 0-2, put away the guy the next pitch or two right. instead of throwing three or four more pitches. That's how his pitch count gets elevated. Over his last handful of starts, 86 pitches, 98 pitches, 111, 97, and an even 100 on Monday mm-hmm. night. And then he's only completed four and two-thirds, five and two-thirds, five and a third, six and five. You know, you don't have to go throw you know, like Nolan Ryan out there, but <laughs> you know, you with right. those kind of high pitch counts, you maybe would want him to get more into the seventh more consistently at least. Right, exactly. He does have to, to limit those walks, but in his last two outings, he has let the – limited his walks a, a little bit more um than he had i mean that start against the orioles they didn't see him at all mm-hmm. um and you know so he's doing better his stuff looks a lot better than i think it had in his last two starts so if eric fetty can keep that up and eat those innings that's the main thing he mentioned after his uh, start on monday against the pirates that in between starts against the orioles and the pirates he was working on a curveball as a put-away pitch and trying to make that more of a, a 12 to 6 curveball as a mm-hmm. I think he he called it slider E or like I forget what the word the terminology that he used, but like a more straight like fall off the table curveball as opposed to kind of just like a flat curveball, mm-hmm. I guess. Um and he said he didn't really have a feel for that last night. He didn't really have a feel for strike zone overall. And so when he doesn't have that, we maybe doesn't have his cutter that he's put a lot of effort into that just kind of make his outings a little more erratic. Um, so that's something he needs to probably work on. You get that curveball working a lot more. We know that he likes to use his fastball cutter, um, and especially using that cutter against left-handers as a put-away pitch. Put-away pitches. Exactly. That is what Davey Martinez said. Like, I need him to find that put-away pitch and be use it effectively and consistently because otherwise his pitch count gets high, and then I have to get the bullpen ready by the fifth, sixth inning. Right, and no, like – there for a stretch, it seems like all of these guys were walking everybody, and David Martinez was like, "Stop with the walks! I don't care what you do, but just stop walking, guys." And so they're doing better, but you know, having a better feel for your put away pitch is gonna limit that, you know, completely. And then even Paulo Espino, yeah. I mean, this weekend he went five and a third. He got hit around a little bit, but only ended up, I think, giving up one earned run. So he, you know, solid start, and he gave his team a chance to win. And talking about Eric, I mean, some of his numbers, I mean, he, since in the month of June, he has a 405 ERA, so that's the whole 35 points lower than his 
season-long ERA. His fielding independent pitching is closer to 4-2 as well. So some of the underlying numbers show that Eric Fetty has been effective, has been a pretty solid starting pitcher. And that's what, like, the Nationals need right now. You know, that's Those are good numbers. And you look at Fetty's, like, outing to outing, that's like, all right, you would take that as, like, your four or fifth mm-hmm. guy in a five-man rotation. Um, so uh, not, like, trying to, like, put Eddie, Eric Fetty down. I think he has definitely served his role well this year. We're just saying, like, you know, I feel like he's close enough where he could just be that much better. And if he is, that just helps everyone else out because you can know you're getting – 100-plus pitches, but instead of five and a third, you're getting seven innings. Right. Th- and that's the difference right there, and that's a big difference. It is. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, going into this season, you kind of had no idea what to expect out of Eric Fetty. I mean, you didn't know where he was going to fit, if he was ever going to actually end up in this rotation. And, you know, he's continuing to make progress. And I think Davey Martinez has to be happy about where he's at right now. But – it's definitely close. I mean, I think he can be just that much better. But if you look at the situation that this rotation is now, who's in the rotation, you know, where where they line up, I think you're happy with, with what you're getting out of Eric Fetty, uh, the surprise in Jackson Tatro, even Paulo Espino. Yeah, you brought up Espino. I, I mean, right now I think he's definitely earned his spot. Are you, are you sticking with Espino as a starter right now? I think so. I mean, he's – already stretched out he's proven himself I mean he's been able to be you know the the secret weapon um of this rotation so I mean as long as he's giving you a chance to win games you keep putting him out there five and five and going backwards of his last three starts uh five and a third five three and two thirds that was his first start of the season against Milwaukee he only threw 53 pitches he was on a little bit of a pitch count could not entirely stretched out but since then 89 pitches in each of his last Mm -hmm. two starts um and he'll get a start I believe uh Thursday afternoon oh sorry Wednesday afternoon uh, Mm -hmm. in the finale against uh the Pirates before Thursday's off day and with a handful of off days, I mean, I think Friday starts a stretch of 10 straight games uh, before the All-Star break for the Nationals. They go Miami at home, Philly, Atlanta. Uh, actually, no, that's sorry. The 11th, the July 11th is an off day uh, on, that, on that Monday after Atlanta. But 10 straight games are starting on Friday. So, you know, if you get Patrick Corbin goes tonight, you get maybe one a good Patrick Corbin outing. Paulo Espino gives you this five plus in 90-ish pitches. I think you take that into into Thursday's off day. You set yourself up nicely for a good Josiah Gray, Jackson Tatro, and uh, maybe even Eric Fetty over the holiday weekend. Um, I guess Corbin would then be lined up for July actual Independence Day on on Monday. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's setting yourself up nicely, and then you go to the bullpen, and you have guys. We talked about how that one week. Kyle Finnegan, Carl Edwards Jr., Tanner Rainey felt like they were getting worn out. Even if they weren't pitching, it felt like they were at least warming every single game. Right. Carl Edwards Jr., after you know going such a long stretch without giving up an earned run, a little bit of bump in the road, but has since been fantastic. Two shutout innings last night, worked around a single in the uh, a high lever situation in the eighth inning last night against the Pirates. So you're seeing that kind of pay dividends when the pitcher starting pitching over the past week gives the team a break or the bullpen a break, they come out and perform and refresh. Right, exactly. And, I mean, Carl Edwards Jr. arguably has been the most yeah. consistent guy in this bullpen, for me at least. I mean, you, you, I mean, every time he goes out there, I feel pretty good. I oh, mean, yeah. he's had he's, that first – his first outing was a little bit rough, and he had that little bump in the road like you mentioned. But other than that, he has been solid. I mean, if you look at 
as 233 ERA on the season, you would take that, right? Oh, yeah. And then, but just looking at like the game log, and of course, the three earned runs in his first outing makes the promise that's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. He goes the next, how, how many? Wait for it. 13 games, 13 outings without giving up an earned run. Um, he goes back to back outings of giving up a run and three runs um, against Atlanta. And then since then, shut out. Uh, zero run, earned runs over eight and two thirds innings over seven games. And uh, he's just been, he's earned Davey Martinez. Not, not that he didn't have it early on in the season, but he has been Davey's, like you said, most trusted reliever and, and in that setup role. I mean, you, it's like kind of like, all right, let's get from the starter to Carl Edwards Jr. and then to either Finnegan or Rainey to close mm-hmm. it out. And then I think that's that's been a good sign for, for Davey Martinez. And when you can use that formula and you're not, you know, I think that was part of the reason too when Jackson Tatro's first start is Davey Martinez was like, my bullpen's in terrible shape right now, kid. I just need you to go out there and throw as many innings as you can. I mean, can you imagine in your, your major league debut? Um, and you know, that just shows like they were, that bullpen was in crisis yeah. mode that week. And since then, you know, David Martinez has been able to use the formula that he wants, the guys that are most effective in the games that they're in or, you know, save situations. So it's, it's, an, they're in a much better pitching situation th- than they were. And thankfully, some bats are getting hot right now. Right. And that's the formula for winning. I mean, last night, we, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about unsung heroes, but last night kind of, played back into that role of, or that, that theme, Luis Garcia and Michael Franco in the bottom half of the lineup came up huge. Garcia had a three-hit night, two doubles, all leadoff hits, by the way, all started an inning, started a rally. And he said after the game, he's like, you know, I, there is, it's kind of a different approach when I'm, because I'm used to, I asked him, I was like, you're used to hitting with like Soto, Bell, or Cruz on base in front of you, right. but tonight, it was you were the one leading off, setting the table. How does your approach change? He was like, it is a little different because when they're on base, I'm just trying to put the ball in play and get them home. But when I'm leading off an inning, I need to find like a hole in the field and get on base for whoever's behind me. Right. Um, and he was able to do that. Two doubles, uh, scored two of the three runs exactly. for the Nationals. And then Michael Franco, of course, delivers the two-run home run in the bottom of the eighth, shades of the wild card game, kind of flipping the game uh, at the bottom of the eighth with two outs uh, and – a dramatic win for the Nats. Right. I mean, that just shows you what a good hitter Luis Garcia is. Yeah. I mean, Juan Soto has really struggled with runners in scoring position this season. I mean, sometimes that had to do with where Juan Soto was hitting in the lineup and there weren't guys on base. But other times, he just wasn't, you know, coming up big when there were runners in scoring position. And Luis Garcia has been the opposite of that. He has hit with two outs. He has hit with runners in scoring position. And then when there aren't guys on base, he's able to be that guy that Mm -hmm. gets on base. Like you said, last night scoring two of the three runs, he got on base for Yadiel Hernandez to score their first run. And then he got on base for Michael Franco's um, home run. So Luis Garcia has been, since he's been up, arguably the most consistent bat in this lineup. He doesn't have the plate appearance or, yeah, I guess the games and the plate appearances to qualify. But if you're just looking at the month of June, he would have, would have tied for the seventh best batting average in the National League um, at 337. So, I mean, it's kind of funny because he came up June 1st. So, right. like, we, we can take the whole month of June as a sample size. We know the exact starting point. Uh, he's been one of the hottest hitters. Not, not just for the Nationals, but in all of the National League mm-hmm. um, since he's come up into the big leagues. And we, we knew this guy was going to hit. That was never the issue. 
that's what Davey always says. Like he's gonna hit. I mean, uh-huh. that's just what he does. And the key for him is also using the middle of the field. If he's not pulling too much, using the opposite way. Davey said, like I don't want to compare him to Juan Soto, but you do see the kind of those kind of flashes with his ability to go the opposite field and stay up the middle of the field. Um, I think that's gonna be a good sign for Luis Garcia. And you, you know, his first double was into the gap to right center. His second one down the line to left field the opposite way. So, uh, you know, he, he he's gonna hit, and that's an impressive part. And again, like I said. Don't give the Nationals a reason to send him down. He, he's going to play shortstop every single day. He seems to be doing a lot better making those routine plays in the field. But that bat, it, man, that plays. Yeah, and I mean, good for him. So he came up when Alcides Escobar got hurt. Uh, he earned, you know, the everyday starting spot. And now Alcides Escobar is back get healthy. And, you know, he's kind of got booted out of his starting role. So good for Luis Garcia you know and yeah just like David Martinez said you know middle of the field getting those pitches up in the zone he's not going to be a guy that walks a lot because he is so aggressive at the plate yeah but it's working (laughs) if he could add walking at like a higher rate again not comparing him directly to Juan Soto but like Juan Soto-esque that just changes his game so much too that ability to get on base Mm -hmm. we've seen Davey play with him in the batting order moving as high as fifth right now um, I, I think those first two games against the Orioles weren't great for him in terms of that. But last night, you know, it was kind of an odd night for Nelson Cruz. He was 0 for 4, and all four of his at-bats ended an inning. Right. Um, with guys on base. Um, Cesar Hernandez, Juan Soto, and Josh Bell collectively reached base eight times last night. And uh, Nelson Cruz left nine runners on. Uh, by himself and or seven seven a Nelson Cruz who had a five RBI weekend three coming in yeah. the game on Sunday so it's just a weird night I mean that happens mm-hmm. right I, David said that just happens you know you, and Nelson made lo- a loud contact he hit two balls over 100 miles per hour he actually hit the hardest ball last night at 110.1 and that everyone thought it was gonna be a home run and it just died at the warning mm-hmm. track um, so that, I mean it's just one of those weird things but then you have Garcia behind him and it's just like if Nelson didn't end the inning. Garcia would have been coming up with those runners on. And so that's kind of what Davey's envisioning when he's moving Garcia up to the fifth spot in the lineup. But even if Nelson doesn't get the job done, hopefully the inning doesn't end. It moves to Garcia, and he's been able to put the ball in play. Right, exactly. And then, you know, thankfully, the the top of the lineup has been getting, you know, consistently more hot. And you're seeing yeah. all of those guys kind of hitting at the same time. Juan Soto obviously was struggling a little bit for Juan Soto standards and really wasn't seeing the ball well there for a little bit stretch. He's seeing the ball better now, hopefully going to continue to hit better with runners in scoring position because I think that's the most important thing. And Davey Martinez has played a lot around a lot with this lineup moving Juan Soto you know up and down and he wants to stick to keeping him in that two hole uh because that gives him you know the best opportunity to come up in big situations and he reached a handful of times last Mm -hmm. night and and the other thing is he is still taking his walks and that is what you want to see exactly his average is 223 not a Juan Soto-esque average, but still getting on base at a 377 clip and OPS over 800 at 815. That Davey said, you know, I look up and I see that. I said, that, okay, that's yeah. good. I mean, the hits will come eventually, hopefully, especially as, like you said, guys like Cesar Hernandez, Lane Thomas are getting on base ahead of him. Um, I like, I'm, I wish Davey didn't move those guys back and forth as much. I, I would maybe like to see, just stick with one, but I get you can, match up you know Cesar against right, yeah. um, a right-hander and put Lane against a left-hander mm-hmm. um, and then you kind of have that you know 
second leadoff man with one of them batting ninth. Um, but it's also kind of crazy that, you know, Michael Franco has more RBIs and a higher batting average than Juan Soto right now. 34 right. RBIs to Soto's just 31 and a 252 to 223 average. Um, and, and Franco's, you know, you hear Davey say, Michael Franco has delivered a lot of runs in for us. And then you actually look and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, he's third on the team with 34 RBIs. And so he's playing that role too. You know, he doesn't have to be, we talked about this when he signed, you don't have to be like the number four or five hitter. You can right. be really productive as the six or seven, eight hitter eight, yeah. with all these big bats ahead of you. And then now a Luis Garcia hitting in front of him and getting on base at a high clip. Right. And we saw what happened last night. Exactly. So then, you know, getting those guys on base is the key thing because it was like solo homers, solo homers right. all the yeah. time. And that's not really as impactful. You know, teams can easily fight back um, giving up, you know, solo homers. But when you get those guys on base, then you saw it last night, Michael Franco to run home run or you get guys on base, Juan Soto, um, you know, drawing his walks, and then you have Josh Bell up to the plate. And that yeah. makes their home runs or their big hits that much more impactful. Yeah, you mentioned Josh Bell. He leads the team with RBIs 46, and I just have to wonder how much is that is because Juan Soto has drawn so many walks <laughs> and getting on base. Right. Um, any other um, big things that have stood out to you over this past, I don't call it a winning streak because it's not actually a winning streak, but decent stretch for the nationals i think i mean it all starts with starting pitching yeah. those guys at the top of the lineup josh bell has been absolutely phenomenal and then the ripple affects all of that you know you have your bullpen um davy martinez can do what he wants and then all of these games are competitive games and that's the main thing is they're not getting blown out their starting pitching is giving them a chance to win keeping the rating games and they're close competitive games and that's what you want to see in a in a season where the team is struggling at least have games where fans can be in it and get some have something to to be excited about you have uh the national starting pitcher pitching staff has a collective 175 ERA over the last 10 games dating back to June 18th against the Phillies. I believe that would be the highest or best in all of baseball over that stretch. And the one outlier was Patrick Corbin against the Orioles, a handful of runs and only four innings. And you take that out and that ERA drops a good amount. So that we won't talk about too much about <laughs> Corbin because we want to give props to the other guys, but um, it's, this is, it's not, you know, it's not Scherzer, Strasburg, Zimmerman-esque, but it's like that kind of formula, right? Get right. good, decent starting pitching, keep yourself. I mean, before the starting pitching was the one winning the game for the Nationals. Now it's just keep us in the game because our offense, mm -hmm. we feel like can score. Um, they've been a little hit or miss lately. Last night, Monday night was like the first time, maybe not first time, the Nationals, I think, were uh, 2 and 43 win trailing after the seventh inning, and now they're 3-43 and 43 after last night's win. So that's not something they've been able to do this season, clearly. But they were able to do it last night. So like you know they have the ability to do that. It just hasn't fully clicked this season for them. So it was good to see, hey, this is a low-scoring game. Our pitchers gave us a chance. Andres Machado threw a really good inning for the Nationals out of the bullpen. Uh, Carl Edwards Jr. Uh, with two innings, and Finnegan with his first save of the season. Just give the team, the offense, a chance. Davey Martinez feels like they can score. Right, exactly. And I think once you win a few games like that, it becomes, you right. know, more exciting and they know they have it in them and they're all, you know, rallying behind each other. And Davey Martinez said that in his post-game press conference last night. You know, I, I really like the way these guys are playing right now. I like that they were fighting and, you know, they didn't feel out of it. 
that was like the hallmark of the entire 2019 mm-hmm. run and so it was like it's not something that's maybe something we're a little used to watching from the from the nationals and having a not click right now could probably be a little frustrating but when it does click it's like okay they can do this and this is a complete lineup uh when everyone's hitting and, and getting on base the way they should be yeah and, and you know set a foundation something to build on i mean yeah. some of these young guys are going to be around for a little bit so you know, get used to those late inning, you know, close games and know that you guys can rally around each other. And I think before, I mean, this doesn't, because a 3-2 win, but I think there's a stat that from Mark Zuckerman, and he might know it better and I might be butchering it, but I believe the Nationals lead the majors in games in which they score 10 or more runs. They also lead the majors in which they (laughs) score two or less runs, which is a pretty bonkers stat. That is. That's the true boom or bust stat right there for the (laughs) offense you're either blowing them out or you're not scoring anything and you're probably getting blown out and that's that's kind of what we've seen this year from them yeah true but hopefully i mean it's just a matter of keeping it up um and you know hopefully they can just keep getting some more wins because that makes it a lot more exciting and you know what i mean another small thing that shouldn't go unnoticed again like we've kind of always said beat the teams that on paper you probably should mm-hmm. beat. We're not saying that the Nationals are one of the best teams in baseball. We know that that they're not. But you split two against the Orioles. Uh, you win two or three against the Rangers. And now you have uh, another Pirates team that's a handful of games under 500. That, yes, they have a better record. Yes, they won three or four in Pittsburgh and at the beginning of the season. But they've you, been they're struggling. also right yep. struggling and also a young team that you know they don't have like perennial all stars on that roster. So this is a you should at least win two of three. They cannot beat the Miami Marlins for whatever reason, so maybe that changes this weekend. Yeah. Uh, but then you run back into the NL East, and you got Philly and Atlanta uh, before an off day on the 11th. So interesting stretch coming up for the Nationals as they close out this first half of the season. Um, we'll have, of course, all covered on MassinSports.com. Watch all the games on Masson and Masson 2. Check out the Masson app, of course. Amy's got you covered with a bunch of series previews and different features coming on the video format. Mark Zuckerman and I have you covered on the written format on MassonSports.com. You can follow Amy at Amy Jennings News. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco at Masson Nationals across the board. And check out the Masson All Access podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Wherever you get podcasts, you can find the Masson All Access podcast. Tune in every week as we are live on the Mass Nationals Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thanks to Tim Leonard for producing the show behind the scenes. Uh, you and I are both going on vacation, for, aren't we, for, uh, we are. for the 4th. Yeah. All right, so next week's episode, TBD, we'll be back within a couple of weeks for sure. Uh, all-star preview, draft preview, of course, all the coverage on the Nationals. We'll have it all covered for you, so stick around. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>